Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. For today's episode, I am handing it off to one of our old guests, Tim Kenyon, Vice President at GFK Consumer Life, as he interviews Tom Sakey, who is the founder and CEO of TerraCycle. Now, if you are not familiar with TerraCycle, if you're not, go look it up. It's really cool. They are a company that work with some of the largest brands around the world to recycle products and packaging that would use usually or otherwise not be recyclable and end up in landfills or for incineration. Seiki is on the cutting edge of sustainability innovation, finding opportunity in seemingly impossible recycling challenges. I'm talking about your toothpaste bottles, uh, items that have food in it, those little scraps of plastic that come off packaging. He's also the author of four books, including Outsmart Waste and Make Garbage Great. He also starred in TerraCycle's syndicated reality series, Human Resources. Now, in this very insightful and candid conversation, Seiki spoke to Tim about what brands are doing well and could be doing better when it comes to sustainability and whether they should take their green cues from consumers. With that, I won't keep you waiting anymore. Let's hand it off to Tim. How has consumers' understanding of sustainability changed? And what do you think this means for brands moving forward? It's a good, it's interesting how you frame the question, like understanding of sustainability. Um, yeah. I don't think consumers' understanding of sustainability has changed much. I think they're pretty stupid about sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, or I mean, that's a very crass word. You know what I mean? Like uneducated, don't know the subtleties right. and the details and whatnot. But their caring about it has increased. Like, right. so the level of concern has increased measurably and the, uh, the willingness to do something about it has, has uh, increased measurably. The level of understanding I think has always been low and maintains it low. And that's because I think sustainability is a complex topic and uh, full of emotion as well and politics. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But, you know, if you think about, well, just like the rising concern like this, you know, and we see this in some of our research too, is the, the you know rising concern for things like, pollution overall or climate change. Climate change, absolutely, yeah. You know, what do you think that means for brands moving forward? I think that what it means is there's more risk and opportunity in sustainability. So risk for non-action and opportunity for acting, right? Mm -hmm. Like you always, I think a brand never wants to be behind consumer concern because then they're going to obviously be uh, losing some consumers uh, along the way and may also be attacked by legislation. Right. So if you think about the arc, like you have, you have first comes concern, then comes legislation, right? So the real brands are one step ahead of the concern, then mediocre brands are riding, you know, with the concern and the ones that are really, you know, uh, uh, you know, that are, that are well behind are going to be hit by the regulation and losing consumers along the way. So, you know, I think it's, I know it's a very sort of simple statement, but it's, uh, you want to be like, it's like surfing. You want to be one step ahead of the wave. Right. Right. Understood. Great. Yeah. Um, so do you think then kind of following from that, do you think mainstream brands, um, do you think they're doing a better job of addressing sustainability today? They're trying. Uh, so they're trying more and more. Uh, but I don't 
think that, yeah, I mean, they're trying more and more. It's hard to say that like a good job, it's all relative, right? So right. It, 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 it's, I can't, it's hard to point to a mainstream brand that has done a brilliant job. Like I'd say mm -hmm. this is like a gold standard, but they're all doing more and more um, mm -hmm. and uh, leaning in progressively more and more. Now the question is, is that enough or is that fast mm -hmm. enough? You know, I would say probably not, um, but they tend to be, it's becoming more and more a topic on their agenda. Sure. Well, what do you, what do you think they could do better? I think there's a big challenge right now is that sustainability is still seen as a risk in many cases. Some, many companies put sustainability into communications, which means it's a communication opportunity or risk. Mm -hmm. And really where I think what brands should be doing it is making it a, a, a commercial, like really focusing on how do you make it a commercial topic, right? Mm -hmm. With budget, with PNL responsibility that, uh, so that these things can become more than a risk to be managed, like legislation to be managed or a publicity stunt, if it's the former two, and something more core to scale. I'll, an example, like big global cosmetic brand, uh, just with one of their biggest global brands. And we're talking brands that do like in the billions, right, of turnover. Mm -hmm. And their direct quote was, we want to be able to like support some, you know, something in our sustainability agenda, but we want to support it with the least amount of money and put 99% of our dollars against communicating the support. Mm -hmm. And that's like a direct example, just played out right. Right, that I've right. seen. And there's a lot yeah. of that, right? And I think those are the mistakes. Now it's better than doing nothing, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't want to disparage any action just because of its scale, but I think that's going to be the question. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, really, I guess embedding it making it more of a, a core value within the within the organization. Yeah, well, I, core value is bullshit, you know, with respect, because core value is sort of like, yeah, we care about people. What does that really right. mean? I mean, commercial. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone's going to agree sustainability is a core value, but that's a talking point, right? Right. It's going to, it has to be embedded into commercial strategy. Right. right. Right? And they have to figure out how they make it a commercial strategy, not how do they make it a... Uh, a way to get around legislation or a communication opportunity. Right. Well, some of that, so some of that revolves around convincing consumers too, right? No, no, I don't think so. I think uh, behavior change shouldn't be on the table. Mm -hmm. Behavior change, it's like cultural shift. Let that be what it is, mm -hmm. right? It is what it is today and it's going to evolve to be something different tomorrow. But I think that if, if a brand points too much to we have to change behavior consumer, that's also a cop-out. Mm -hmm. I'm saying... Like you're asking me what it should be, right? Sure. What it should be is, is here is what consumers are. Here's maybe what they're going to be tomorrow. And how do we make sustainability, you know, really big with them the way they are without asking them to change anything. And that's where the energy, the thought, the innovation, the talent needs to be assigned. And I think this is an interesting question then. So right now, what do you think, what do you think the number one opportunity is for brands to make a difference in this area? I would say there's two topics, right? One, I put it under courageous, which is identify in your industry what is like the big aspect that causes harm to the planet and address it straight up. Now that's courageous because if you're a fish, a fish seller, it means stop selling fish and figure out how to give the idea of fish without, you know, farming or harvesting a fish. Maybe you go to plant-based fish, you know, or like, you know, plant-based protein to mimic fish, right? right. But like if, if, if you're in the business of say animal protein, the answer is start developing alternatives that are not, not, not alternatives that are like modestly different, like farm fishing mm -hmm. to, you know, like from, you know, you know what I mean? Like free range cattle mm -hmm. to not, but like a total fundamental shift, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're, you know, in any of these industries, how do you 
fundamentally think about what's causing the most impact and address that straight up, which could be a, a fundamental shift in what you do. Not a, you know, that's on the courageous side. That's going to be very difficult, right? On the right. other side, it's how do you engage your consumers in tactical participation and sustainability? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, oh, we're going to make some big lofty goal for 20 years from now. And then the consumer's role is, well, I hope you achieve it. A, I don't really understand it. And I hope you achieve it, right? Mm -hmm. To, you know, what is the way the consumer can physically, tactically participate in it? Yeah, no, and I, well, I think you hit on a good, well, you started the conversation with talking about consumers not understanding what sustainability is. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger topic. So for, for consumers, what, what to them, what is, you know, environmental protection? What is sustainability? You know, what, what do you think they, they want to see? Data will tell you the first thing consumers care about is what can I, if it's a consumer goods play, what can I do with the package? Is it recyclable? That's what data will tell you. Then they're going to ask about, um, you know, what is it made from recycled content and everything else just goes, you know, distant sloppy third. The problem there is that's linked to consumers, you know, like the first sustainability lesson we learn as kids is reduce, reuse, recycle. And that's basically that lesson manifested, right? The, the point being is, yes, that's a good entry point, right? But consumers don't know, right? And so don't, it is, it is a total ridiculous fallacy to base it on consumer, um, like even the way you asked the question, if I may just poke at it, you're sort of, you know, teasing out, well, what can I do that I'm going to win with consumers on, right? That's right. A, is that a, that's a, that's a fair synopsis of the question? Uh, well, I think it's more around how, how do consumers view the issues and what's, what's oh, okay, important. Okay, but that's, it's in the same sphere. It's a, you said mm -hmm. it in a much more sophisticated way, right? Yeah. But it can distill, if a brand is reading the answers to that question, if a bunch of experts have answered that question for you, they're going to take away, well, what little gimmick or what can I do? What is going to be the thing that's going to, you know, get me more sales? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is because this is a complex topic and because consumers are wildly uneducated, you can't let the blind lead the blind. Mm -hmm. It's like the mob leading, you know. Uh, a sophisticated, nuanced uh, question. And the, the real thing that has to happen is you have to identify what are the big things that impact in your industry and how do you take those on fundamentally directly. And mm -hmm. then when you know that, that's your North Star, then mm -hmm. you figure out your tactics and your, mm -hmm. and your gimmicks and your tricks to get consumers to be interested in that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the easiest way to do that is don't aim for behavior change. How do you right. allow that shift to occur while making it feel the least different to your consumers? Yeah. Many brands are moving to biodegradable packaging. Mm -hmm. Okay. May I ask you personally as an individual, what do you think about biodegradable packaging? Where would it index for you if you were like a marketing company tested that on you? Biodegradable, biodegradable packaging? Yeah, um, bag becomes biodegradable next, next season. Are you happy um, with that? Not happy? Where do you... You know, <laughs> you, I might not be the best person to, to ask because... You know, we do you know things like composting and things like that, but okay, so I understand. Where does the average consumer do you think index on that? Uh, well, I think packaging is becoming more important, but for something specific like that, I think that it's it's something that they see as a as as a nice to have, as a good as a good checkbox. Positive. But I'm they not sure if it's up, actually right? driving purchases. Right, but they index up. It's definitely right. not a negative. It's a neutral to positive. Is that a fair? Right. I agree. Yeah. By the way, I think that's how consumers index, but. Yeah. It's actually a pretty horrendous idea when you think about the backbone, right? I'm mm -hmm. sure if you've done research, you know, uh, uh, and that is the fundamental problem. There's a lot of companies now who are moving that way. And I've heard it from their sustainability leaders that they're moving there because it indexed well with consumers. Right. It's like, that's really an ignorant, blind 
audience leading very important topics. So you see what I mean? Like I, it's mm -hmm. a very dangerous path and it shouldn't right. be about what is popular. It should be about first pick, you know, what is the most courageous thing you can do to save the planet? Right. Then figure out how to get consumers. And there my insight would be make it uh, the least amount of behavior change required, the better. Another question. So what has been TerraCycle's um, big, biggest accomplishments? Let me answer it and uh, I'll give you context in each of our business units. We have three business units. So I'll try to answer it in that way. Our first business unit asked the question, is that object recyclable? And we uh, figure out ways to effectively make things recyclable. Yeah. Our second business unit figures out how do you get non-traditional recycled content back into packages, you know, from ocean plastic to rock and roll festival waste. And our third business unit loop is about how do you shift into reusables. Our biggest accomplishment in the first business unit is to figure out, it's not like a, a specific accomplishment, it's a general accomplishment to figure out how do you get value out of waste that is not just the physical value of the material in the end, which is the only thing traditional recycling business models rely on. Yeah. So it's how do I show brands other value, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like market share increase, you know, incremental sales, you know, whatever, as many of these other things and the more of that I can put on the table, the more I can solve an impossible solve. And the impossible solve in recycling is I'm not going to recycle that pen or that diaper because it costs more to collect and process than the results are worth. So if I can put out more value, the more I can lean in on doing those things. In uh, our second business unit, our biggest sort of breakthrough is to say, traditionally, people buy recycled content uh, as compared to virgin on uh, material characteristics like price and performance. But how do you then get a company to buy a less performing higher cost material like a double whammy negative on both those fronts and that's the same thing show them the value outside just the physical characteristic value right like you know how it moves the consumer's heart more how does it uh, move the customer like the retailer's heart more uh, and get you know like that sort of thing right in loop uh, it's been how do you make a big disruption feel as uh, uh, like no disruption like make it feel like the least amount of change while the system itself is creating the most amount of change. One thing I'm curious about, and this is really for the, um, you know, the audience as a researcher, where should we be looking? What, what should we, you know, what are the types of questions we should be asking? How, you know, how can we, you know, it, you know, it, you know, and, and not to be trite, improve the world through, you know, the, the types of research that, that yeah. we do for our brands. Yeah. The question we have to think about, which is sort of a theme of our discussion today is like, how do you like a benevolent like a like a parental figure on a on a four-year-old right you're not going to let a four-year-old pick their menu because they're going to be eating m ms and uh, and ice cream and whipped cream you know breakfast lunch dinner right so there's a parental guidance over top of it that says well you know for your main course would you like broccoli or would you like spinach and then you can have one dessert and you can choose between the desserts like you're still giving choice but you're not giving systematic choice and this i think while it's not a direct answer to your question i think this is going to be very important because researchers and agencies and so on marketing professionals are driving the car in sustainability more than uh than than sustainability is in a way mm -hmm. right because those because the marketing departments are more powerful today mm -hmm. and more powerful in setting direction because if they go to their commercial lead and says well this is going to resonate well with shoppers and this won't they're going to go with what resonates well i've seen this play out a hundred times every day right and so the question is how does the professional field who is coming up with the insight 
layer on the responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think and just educate overall educating ourselves on these issues. That, yes, you said it though, ourselves, not the consumer, because right. you're not right. going to teach a three-year-old why candy is bad. Right. I cannot in any way teach my uh, three-year-old why sugar is bad for them. I can't. Mm -hmm. I can just not give them that as a choice as their main dish, right? And the problem right. is a consumer is a perennial three-year-old, right? Because <laughs> right? Right. there's new ones born every day, you know? Right. It just, it's never going to age out of that. It's perennially that age, you know? Definitely. Right? So anyway, that's, but I like how you framed it, you know? Like what can then the people who are behind the curtain, they do have an opportunity to get a bit more sophisticated. That brings us to the end of the episode. I know it was a short one, but still full of great insights. Tom's was so well-smoken, honest, and upfront about brands of sustainability. I think you could really tell that this is his passion, uh, just as it's part of TerraCycle's mission. I know that sustainability is a very popular topic with all of you listeners and also just a trending topic in the business world. So make sure to look out for another conversation that's coming soon to the podcast, where we are joined by experts from Clorox, Goodyear, and Loftix. They are going to dive into a similar conversation, but new questions, new insights, new perspectives. I guarantee you it's going to be an amazing conversation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.